Northwest. How's everybody doing? Good, good. We are on the month of prayer. Not an exciting topic if you think of it just like we got to pray, but it's an exciting topic if you realize what God does through our prayers. So I want to talk this morning about personal prayer, the, the kind of prayer that Jesus talked about when he said, go into your closet, close the door, and pray to the Father in secret. And I want to talk about the power that that kind of prayer brings to our life. Amen? Amen. All right, I want to start out by just a little bit of a personal word. Um, I have been keeping a prayer journal for decades, and when you say it like that, I feel really old, but I thought I would bring in some of them, and no, I won't let you look at them if you ask me afterwards, because it's one of those things where it's between you and God, and if anybody else were to read it, it would be like, oh my goodness, these are the thoughts rumbling around in her heart and in her head, so no, you may not read it, but this first one I brought, it's, it's all torn up, but this one's from eight, 19, I almost said 18, 1889, oh, my goodness, no, 1989 is when I first kept it. I was throwing them away before that, which was really ridiculous because the main purpose of prayer journals is so that you can see the prayers that God is faithful to answer. And I love writing my prayers down or at least my prayer requests because it is such a mirror about who God has created me to be and who I am. And you find out a lot about yourself in the prayer closet. I know we find out a lot about God too, but God speaks to us in such a way that illuminates who we really are and what he's calling us to be. So in the 80s, I was using this legal pad. It's, it's written all over, up and down. And the 90s, I opted for it. Each one of these represents like 10 other pages at home or books at home. I couldn't bring them all. I had more in the first service, and it was such a mess. I thought, I'm only going to bring out a couple in this service, so y'all don't get to see that fiasco that was in the first service. But in the 90s, I switched to ring binders. I got really fancy and had all kinds of ring binders. And then in the 2000s, you know, the new millennium, they started making journals really fun. So I started getting bound journals and faux leather journals. And then my sweet sister, April, brought me back an Italian leather journal from Italy. So this is the one I'm using now. And as I go into 2019, this is the one I'll be using. But these entries show God's faithfulness, show God's utter ability to answer prayer. And if I, when I go back and I read decades of faithfulness, I, I read about all the prayers that I had for my children, all the prayers that I had for my grandchildren, the prayers that I had for their spouses, for you here in this church, for the land that God was giving us, and now he's giving us more land. But I see God's faithfulness. And I want to encourage you. I know that we talked last week that, that prayer isn't a law. It's not a legalistic rule. But why wouldn't you want to pray? Why wouldn't you want to connect with the God in heaven who wants so much for his children? So I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. And I, um, before I start, now that my husband's not here, I think I can say this. But I think I found a, a huge major difference between men and women. And I don't know if this is a personality thing, but I think after 40-some years, it's a male-female thing. Because if I were to see my husband writing furiously in books 
for 40 years, I would ask him, hey, is there anything in there about me? What are you writing? What's going on? But I cannot remember one time in 43 years, Mark saying, what are you writing in that book? Is that a guy thing or is that just a personality thing? Because I would be like, what you writing in there? Is it about me? Am I in there? Is a girl in there? What are you talking about? And, you know, and, I, and I wouldn't want to do that, but I think I would be doing that. He's never once. I guess he knows it's between me and the Lord, and I wouldn't tell him anyway. But just the fact that he hasn't even asked makes me go, what's that about? I don't know if I should be hurt or, 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 how, or thankful. I'm not sure. But anyway, we won't say that since he's not here. But I will say that writing my prayers and praying in secret to the Lord has saved my marriage. Not from a divorce, but the quality of our marriage. See, I can run to God with anything. Big, small, humongous, embarrassing, destructive, joyous, painful. I can tell him anything in that prayer closet. And I can tell him everything in that prayer closet. And he doesn't, and that that statement, he doesn't judge. You won't judge. I'm not, I, I can't stand that statement. Because it's not even true. If I hear something about someone, it's not that I'm judging them, but, but I'm human. Only God can hear the worst things about me and not think less about me because it's covered in his son's blood. Those things are covered under the blood as a believer. And so I can go to God and tell him everything. And I'm saying that that has saved the quality of my marriage because I didn't have to run to my husband with everything that was going through my head at the moment. What do you think about that? What do you think about me in that? What do you think about you in that? I can take it to the Lord and he's not tired of hearing my voice. It's not, it's not a burden for him to listen to me. And then as God instructs me in that quiet place, wherever that is for you, it doesn't have to be a closet. Go wherever you can be alone. But God will instruct you. He will give you wisdom. He'll correct you. He will adjust you. He will love you. He will give you grace and fill you up so that your husband doesn't have to be filling that big hole that life leaves, leaves in, your, in our hearts. So I'm so thankful for personal prayer. I'm thankful for corporate prayer. I'm thankful for praying with one another. But thank God that he has called us individually to come to him, lay our burdens at his feet, and receive mercy, and receive grace, and receive strength, and receive wisdom, and receive insight. So that I can come into that marriage as a whole person. And we'll get a little bit more into that in a moment, but... Um, I probably need to get started, don't, don't you reckon? Um, Pastor Mark last week talked about seven keys to prayer, and I'm going to drill down on one of those keys. One of the things that he said was, um, what have you stopped praying for? And I kind of want to, um, like I said, drill down on that one and come at it from a different angle and say, why keep praying I'm going to just say uh, two things, one and two. So I'm not going to have a whole lot of content as far as lots of things you need to remember. If you can remember these two points, these two thoughts that I'll explain, it will revolutionize your time with the Lord. 
it will change the way you spend time with the Lord because your expectation will be different. The first thing is prayer distributes God's power to your circumstance. We all know that we need God to intervene in so many areas of our life in a supernatural way, a way that is above the natural plane, a way that only God can move. And prayer is the vehicle that distributes that power from God to the areas that we need, to the, to the people that need it, to the situations that need it, to the circumstances that need it. We'll, just very briefly, we'll go over these verses that we know quite well. Now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised. This is Jesus talking to his disciples. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. So that's just one example of knowing that as Christians, when the Holy Spirit resides in us, what he brings is power. The second one is Acts. This is right before he ascended. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. So the theme here, the truth here that I want us to see is when the Holy Spirit came into our lives upon salvation, he brought power. That power is residing in Christians. Now, what we're doing with that power, how we're administrating that power is the question of the morning. But let's go through another verse now that we've established that the Holy Spirit brings power. I want to talk about just an incredible, incredible verse. Now, we know that the Apostle Paul wrote um, the book of Ephesians to the church there and also to us down through the ages. And the Holy Spirit inspired him to write this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now a lot of us are familiar with that part of the verse. Does anybody remember what comes next? Without looking. Who is able, to, we know exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Here's the rest of that verse. According to the power that works in us. Hallelujah. There is power residing in you. You might be sitting there thinking, I don't have any power. I barely got here to church. I couldn't pray my way out of it. I couldn't pray this in. But I am here to say this morning, you have power. And we're going to talk about how to access it. But let's keep looking at this verse because this is quite an amazing verse. Not like all the verses in the Bible aren't amazing, right? They're all true. They're all spirit-breathed, inspired. But this verse is so special because this verse could have very easily been written like this. Now to him who is able to do all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Now all would have taken care of it, right? Doesn't all mean all? All doesn't mean there's a little bit outside of all that it doesn't cover. All means everything. It means all. But the Holy Spirit in inspiring the Apostle Paul is like that doesn't quite cover, it doesn't quite convey the Father's heart for his children. So he says, now to him who is able to do above all that we ask, above all that we think. And the Apostle is going, you know what? 
the Holy Spirit is telling me that this still isn't quite revealing the Father's heart for his children. Now to him who is able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think. That is, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal. God is saying abundantly above all that we would ask him in prayer, that we think to ask him in prayer, he wants to do according to the power that resides in us. But yet the Holy Spirit is like, no, that doesn't completely convey the Father's heart for their children. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could think. According to the power that the Lord has placed in you. Now, the other thing about that verse is the word according to comes from a Greek word, which I did not um, put in our notes. But that Greek word means to measure out or to distribute. To distribute. That power that God has placed in us, the Lord expects us to measure that power out, to distribute that power through our prayers. So my question for you this morning is, how much of God's power that's residing in you, it's there, the Bible has said that it's there, how much are you measuring out the situation that you find yourself in? How much are you distributing of that power that God's placed in you through prayers for the problems that you're facing, for the situations that you're facing, for that child that's determined to be rebellious, for that husband that will not listen to your heart, for that wife who has chosen to not show respect in situations. How much of God's power residing in you are you measuring out in prayer to that situation? That's a powerful thing that God has given us, a powerful weapon to pray. It cuts through. We don't have to have any pretense with God. We don't have to be someone with God. And he has given us a powerful weapon to use. Is it possible that God's unlimited power, that exceedingly abundantly above all power, is limited by your prayers? We can all agree. If I took a poll and said, how many of us believe that God is omnipotent? Meaning, how, much of, how many of us believe that God has all power? Most of us would raise our hands, even though we find ourselves in situations where we don't know how it could be. But in our minds, we know God has all power. But we're not releasing that power by praying for situations where God has said, I've already placed power in you to measure out for that situation. Release it through praying for that situation. Let's read this together. God can't answer prayers you haven't. Let's read that again together. God can't answer prayers you haven't. God's unlimited power, unlimited, omnipotent power, limited by your 
lack of praying. Limited by not asking. Let's go to the next point and we'll bring this together. Prayer releases God's possibilities into your circumstance. Prayer releases God's possibilities that exceedingly abundantly above all. Those are God's possibilities for your situation. Let's see what the word says. This is very, very, very familiar passage of scripture. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Everyone who receive, who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. To the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now, I'm not even going to ask if we really believe this or not. We know it's truth. So many times we pray for something and the answer has been no, or we don't think we got an answer, so is this verse really? But we know it is because it's truth. Which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. I know parents have already started thinking about Christmas. You've already started thinking, what do you want to give each child? What do you want to give your spouse? You might not have bought it yet, but you've been thinking. Your kids have been hinting, and you've been thinking. Because you're a good parent, you want to give a gift to your child. How much more, God is saying, do I want to give gifts to you? How much more do I want to answer your prayers? If you'll just ask, if you'll only ask, if you'll only seek, if you'll only knock, I will open, I will answer. If he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Now, this scripture, coupled with the one we just spent time on in Ephesians, leads me to ask you a question that I have to say very carefully. The question is, how big is your ask? How big is your ask? Can't stutter on that one. I want to pray prayers that are so audacious that I turn to my husband and I have to say, does that prayer make my ask look too big? I wasn't sure I could get by with that, but nobody, nobody cautioned me in the first service. So I was going for it again. <laughs> Our ask can't be too big if God has said exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask, all you think. We don't even comprehend what that means. We don't. I, I don't. Maybe I'll just say I don't comprehend what that means. Because I ask sometimes tentatively. It seems like such a big ask. But not according to this. Not according to, to the scriptures we read this morning. Ask a big ask. I better stop before I get in trouble. Too late for that. Okay, why don't we pray? Now, you will all have your reasons. Personal, we all have our um, places where doubt has come in because of unanswered prayer or because we do not like the answer God gave us or because we're not sure God heard us 
we all have our own answers, but I'm going to give you some, some quick ones really fast. I think a big reason we don't pray is because our faith is hooked to our feelings. We don't always feel like praying. We don't feel like praying for a lot of reasons. We all feel like praying this morning sitting here, but on Monday morning when we get up, we might not feel like praying because it's Monday morning and everybody knows about Monday morning. And we wait to pray until we feel like praying. Instead of doing what Jesus said, when you pray, go and get away and get alone so that you can talk to your heavenly father alone. You can be honest. and You can be real. You can let him speak back to you and change your heart and renew your mind and refresh your spirit. That happens one-on-one with the Lord. So you can come out and be a better wife. You can be a better husband. You can be a better son. You can be a better boss. Our faith, when our faith is hooked to our feelings, we don't pray. I, I think it's, it's for some people, especially if you weren't raised in a Christian home, the idea of praying is so strange. You know, you hear people on TV make fun of it a lot. You think God talks to you? Have you ever heard shows where they act like you're crazy if you believe that God talks to you? But it's, it is difficult because you can't see the person that you're praying to. It's nice to sit down with a friend because they can pat your hand and encourage you. But the Lord, you can't see him. We know that he's there. I, I, I remember when Jesus, in the scripture, it talks about Jesus preparing his disciples and his followers for 40 days after he rose from the dead. For 40 days, he prepared his disciples to have communion with him when they could no longer see him. He said, remember, one of the verses we read, remember the Holy Spirit is going to come. And when he comes, he's going to reveal himself, all that I've told you, to you. So, the Holy, so Jesus even had to take time to tell his disciples, look, you're not going to see me. It's not going to look the same way. You're not going to see this body anymore. But I still want you to pray because the Holy Spirit will be with you, helping you pray. I think that's one reason why we don't. Second reason is complacency. Complacency. There's God's will, and then there's our will. And sometimes I believe that we get caught in this trap of thinking, well, if it's God's will, it will happen. If it's God's will, it will be done. But the Bible tells us that that We have a part to play in this. We're made in God's image, and that means that we have a will because God has a will. And so many times we, God has already established what his will is, but now it's on us to bring that will to pass. Remember, the the prayer is, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we get complacent because we think, well, if it's going to happen, it'll happen. God's sovereign, and he'll do whatever he's going to do. But we have a part to play. If we look at salvation, what was God's will for salvation? Is his will that anyone perish? No, it's not his will that anyone perish, but that all come to a saving knowledge of the Lord. But will some people perish? Unfortunately, yes. And why? it's not because God doesn't have a will that wants them to get saved. He's done his part. He's done it all. Jesus said, it's finished. 
what God needed to do was done. Now the Holy Spirit draws us to him, but there's a point where we have to exert our, our will and say yes to God. Yes, I accept what you've done. And when we get complacent, we allow our will to, to like sleep and we don't get fervent in prayer when we need to bring God's will from heaven to here to earth in our situation. Look at this verse. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with one or two spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Is that what it says? What does it say? Every, every spiritual blessing. Now, I love my life, but I'm not experiencing every spiritual blessing. But it says that those blessings are in heavenly places. I, thankfully there, but I, I need those blessings here on the earth. I need to pray God's will from there to here. And that comes with prayer. That doesn't, God has already said, I've got blessings for your family. I've got blessings for you. Blessings that you, that are abundantly above all. You don't even, you can't even imagine the blessings I have for you. They're here, heavenly places, but I want them here. I want to establish his kingdom for my family on this earth. I want to establish his kingdom for this church on this earth. I'm glad he has blessings for us in heaven. I want them here. And that comes through prayer. That comes through prayer. We have not because we ask not. Big ask is what we need. Big ask is what we need for our families, for our marriages, for our children that are wandering, they're, they're so captivated by the world. They're so captivated by what's popular. They're so captivated by what their friends are doing. And as a parent, we have to pray fervently for God's will for our children to come to pass here on earth. Amen? His work has been done. Our work hasn't. Our work hasn't been done. We have hard work to do, and that is the hard work of prayer. Praying that his will comes to this earth so that we can eat the fruit of it. The fruit of righteousness in our family and wherever we place our feet. All right, we need to hurry on. Last one, unbelief. There are plenty more reasons why we don't pray, but I'm just trying to hit a few of them. I think if I asked people... Do you think God answers prayer? Most of us, most of us would raise our hand because either we're shamed and not, not, not confessing that we don't believe or we really do believe God answers prayer. But I wonder if the way we live our lives sometimes, the way that we spend our time really denies that, really denies. So we wouldn't come out and say, I don't believe, but because we don't order our time to spend time with the Lord Jesus, we'd always get away to be with the Father. Because I think sometimes I wouldn't say that 10 minutes of research on the internet is gonna do more than 10 minutes of praying alone to my Father, but my actions say otherwise. How I spend my time says otherwise. And so even though we would never say, I don't believe God answers prayer, if we really thought that praying for our children who are away from God would make a difference, we would pray. 
If we really thought that praying to God would make a difference in the atmosphere where we work, we would pray. If we really thought that prayer would change the dynamic between husband and wife, we would pray. We don't really believe because we're not doing it. Jesus said, when you pray, when you pray, brothers and sisters. The last one is discouragement. We all know what that is. We don't need a, a teaching on that. I'm just reminded in the Old Testament, Elijah, God said, I'm going to send rain. The land is barren. I'm going to send rain. I'm telling my prophets first, I'm sending rain. But Elijah had to ask seven times for that to come forth. God had already said he was going to do it. Why did Elijah have to keep asking and asking and asking and asking and asking and asking? God, you already said you're going to do it. Why don't you just freaking do it? But he had to keep asking, and we have to keep asking. We have to be persistent. Persistent. If it's really important, we will persist in prayer until God sends that answer from heaven to earth. We look at the Old Testament again, and we see the, the prophet Daniel, and it says that he was praying and, and, and wrestling, and he was also fasting, which we'll talk about that in January. But the prayer wasn't being answered, and, and so... Uh, the message was given to him that from the moment you started praying, Daniel, the answer was sent from heaven. But the answer got caught up, and it just sounds like something that Steven Spielberg would do. The, the, from the day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself, but the king of Persia withstood us. And the, the angel Michael came, and there was a great battle in the heavenlies, and that's why your answer took so long to, to arrive at you. You think, well, that's just crazy talk. I mean, that just sounds like but look what it says in the New Testament. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Man, if you're married, it looks an awful lot like Mark when I'm fighting. But if I have discernment, if I have spent time praying, I will recognize, I will understand I'm not fighting with my husband. I am fighting against principalities, the forces in this world that do not want healthy marriages. They do not want men and women to walk together in unity. They do not want there to be happy children from, from parents that love and instruct them. There are forces, rulers of darkness in this age. How can that be? But the word is true. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places, you're not fighting your wife. You're fighting wickedness in heavenly places. And once we recognize that and start praying against the real problem, we'll see more unity. We'll see more answers to prayer. We're fighting the wrong thing. And so the, the Bible tells us, it, it gives us discernment and wisdom so we'll know how to fight the battle, and that's through prayer. Would you stand with me, please? Prayer, like Pastor Mark said last week, is an expression of our love for God. Prayer is an expression of our need for God. Prayer is an expression of my trust in God. Do I trust him? I'll pray. I'll ask him. I'll seek. I'll knock. I'll believe. I'll persist. I'll ask for big things. Because he has said, you can't ask for too much. You can't, you can't. There's exceedingly abundantly above what you're asking right now. Lord, renew our mind. 
so that we can see the weapon that you have given us is that prayer closet. Father, you want to change us. You want to change marriages. You want to change relationships. You want to change atmospheres at work, atmospheres at school. You want to change communities. And Lord, it takes us praying, seeking, asking for your will, what you have blessed us with in heaven to come here to earth. Father, that's through our prayers. Lord, help us to take that deposit that the Holy Spirit brings and distribute that out to the community. Distribute that to our children. To pray for our children until they bend their knee at the cross. Father, to pray, distribute out that power that you've given us, Father, and tell those people we work with, come to a saving knowledge of you. Father, help us to distribute out that power in every area that you've called us, into the arenas that you've called us, to not faint, but to distribute out, to, to give your power through our prayers until we see an answer, till we see heaven here on earth in those areas, Father. Lord, we love you. We trust you. If we can only believe. So, Father, thank you for prayer. Thank you that you prayed. You are our example. Thank you that you hear our prayers. Thank you that you answer our prayers. Fathers, I see your faithfulness through the decades. I want to thank you. Your faithfulness. Thank you, God. Father, may there be a blessing on everyone hearing your words this morning. May we take to our closets and pray. May we pray in our cars. May we pray as we walk. May we pray as we run. May we pray as we're out to dinner. May we really believe that prayer changes everything. 